when it comes to recruiting, don't just focus on those online what you can pay for tactics. Get out there, get local, and build some relationships. All right, welcome to the Field Famous Podcast brought to you by Field Routes, a show that shines a light on the field service industries and the dedicated professionals that grind every day on their journey to success. I am your host, Christopher Fasano. Before we begin, I want to remind everybody that the best way to receive new episodes of this show is to follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite pod player. The show will also be available in a video format if you prefer to watch a video than over an audio. So please, you can subscribe right there on YouTube so you'll get all of the episodes as they come out. Last but not least, if you really love the show, please let us know by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. So today on our episode, we have Adam Creed. Adam is the recruiting director at ABC Home and Commercial Services, and he joins us today on the Field Famous Podcast. Adam, welcome to the show. Chris, thank you. Good to be here. So I asked this, I'm going to ask this of every guest um, in the spirit of Field Famous. Are you ready to be Field Famous today? I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's go. All right, good. Yeah. If you said you weren't, we would still do the interview anyway. So uh, it's uh, you know it's it's best that you just agreed to to being Phil famous <laughs> for the day. And we're so our shine light on yourself on ABC. So tell me, the best way to talk about a journey is to find out how you got you know how you got started. So you're at ABC now. How did you get into the broader industry? And tell us a little bit about yourself in that regard. Okay. Well, um, much like, a, I guess, a lot of people that get into the pest control industry, we all kind of find it. We don't necessarily all start out with the intentions of ending up here. Um, I've been with ABC for the past 12 years. Um, but when I got here, um, I had previously had my own insurance office. Okay. Uh, I've been in the insurance industry for the previous decade. Um, and it was just time to do something different. And I had no idea what what that looked like. Um, but when I got out of the business, obviously letters went out to my existing clients um, that I was no longer going to be servicing right. them as their insurance agent. And one of my insurance happened to be uh, employed here. Um, and so At to make ABC. a at ABC, okay. yes. All right. And so to make a long story short, he called me up and, uh, you know, he said, look, he said, you managed to sell me life insurance when nobody else could. <laughs> uh, he said, so if you can sell me life insurance, we need your uh, skill set at ABC. Wow. Um, and so quite honestly, Chris, that is the beginning of the journey wow. right there. So it wasn't uh, like this is an interesting situation. That industry is, is interesting to me and the pest control. Never would you have thought, let me try that road. I, I, I don't think ever, um, and 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 I and I, one of my mentors in this industry. I mean, he always used to say nobody ever woke up and said, "Hey, I want to be in pest control." You know, he said, "You know, for the mo most of everybody that's in this industry, they got into it." one way or another, right. and almost everybody's story is different. Right, which is what I love. Um, I love that, by the way, from someone that's hosting a show in particular about it, you're never going to come across a similar story about anybody that, like I, all the people I've asked, it's it's that, and it's frequently like you're saying, I've never thought about that, I would have never thought that, and here I am now, and it's something I would never not do, right? So so it's very, very, very intriguing in that way and, and as an industry. Absolutely. I mean, for me, the tie-in was it was, you know, I came into ABC in commercial sales. I'd been in sales my whole life, so the sales piece of it wasn't, right. you know, anything anything right. that, I, that, that I had to learn. Now, the pest control Correct. piece of it, 
I'm, I've been in the industry for 12 years and I learn something every day. Um, it's, it's an amazing industry to be in. And I've been blessed to be here at ABC and I've, I've been blessed with the opportunities to advance and to learn and to grow and to share that knowledge with other people that I work with as well. So, uh, it's been an incredible 12 years. Just a quick note about ABC. Tell us a little bit about the company. This is not a small mom and pop shop in the backyard, right? This is a big company. Am I right? Can you give a little bit of background about it's like, you know, where it is now and maybe maybe from when you got there to where to where you are now? Okay, well, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version of the company as a whole. Founded in 1949 in San Antonio, Texas, um, and it's it's grown from there. Uh, we currently have offices all over the state of Texas: um, Dallas, Fort Worth, obviously, Houston, Austin, Corpus Christi, San Antonio. Uh, we take care of the state of Oklahoma out of the North Texas office. We have a, a divisional office up in Oklahoma City. Um, here in Dallas, Fort worth when i started here 12 years ago uh we were probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 85 to 90 employees um right now 12 years later we're probably sitting right in the area of 260 265 um and over the last decade um to get to where we are now with abc home and commercial services when i started we sold uh pest control commercially and residentially and we took care of uh lawns as well um over that time, the business model has expanded. We we touch on uh, we we now do HVAC, handyman, plumbing, uh, pool uh, repair and maintenance. Um, you know, so the 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 business model has has morphed into that. And essentially, what we're trying to be, whether you are a homeowner or whether you're a business owner, you're going to have situations that come up, and we are. Uh, you know, we, we strive to be a premier uh, service company in all the different uh, business models that, that, that we have. It's it's such a it's such a great business model because I can tell you from a homeowner perspective, you're going to have problems in many of those areas, and I'd much rather call one place. I'd much rather have one place that's going to come, that's going to take care of the the mouse in my basement, my pool in the backyard. And you know my lawn and everything, all in one shot. Like it, it just it makes from 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 checking the boxes of the stuff I have to do and with my life and my busy life, I would prefer that. Now I know there's challenges with that model, um, right? And and it's not it's not all the same. The technician, the the, the skill sets, things are different, right? So I imagine it's not a business model that every shop can just jump in. Oh no, I mean you're you're spot on there, Chris. I mean you know the. Uh the, the skill set that's required to be uh, in, in our plumbing division or HVAC division or our pest division, you know, all of them, you know, you're going to have a level of certification. You're going to be licensed by the state, but each and every one of those has its own particular, um, you know, set of criteria that, that you have to go through. There's, there's different testing um, for each of those, but, you know, it's, from from the offering standpoint, though, as a, you know, to your point as a homeowner, it's much easier to have one phone call, yep. one business, one billing, one everything to call, and and it's it's less um, you know to keep up with from from an individual perspective or a business perspective. So yep. um, it's it's why we've done what we've done. Now, when you when you got there, were you were you in sales from the beginning and then got into where you are now? Tell me a little bit about your you know your movings within the company, so we can understand okay. you know your your skill set within the industry, and then we'll we'll get to where you are now because there's a lot of questions around recruiting and things like this as a as a major major 
piece of growth for a company in this space. You know, and in order to scale, okay. you got to be able to staff and things like that. So go ahead, please. Okay. So um, yes, when I when I got here um, twelve years ago, I came into the uh, commercial sales uh, division. Um, obviously, um, it. You know, your your daily routine was out in the streets looking for new business, chasing down leads, um, you know, and trying to, um, you know, grow and, and develop a, uh, a customer base from there. And so I did that for the first couple of years that I was here. Part of that, um, that sales piece, you know, took me into um, commercial accounts that were either food processing mm-hmm. or blending or manufacturing or storage. Um, and those are all audited accounts. And right. that has been here in Dallas. That's been a large part of our business model is the, the food uh uh, industry from the standpoint of, like I said, you know, manufacturing, shipping, storing, what have you. And so we developed um, and, and had started to develop. And, and, and as that part of the business grew, we, we needed a more robust quality assurance program. And, and, and so we, we, we were needing to put some bodies into that. Um, so I came out of the sales piece of it and then went into um, the quality assurance side of it, you know, helping to build and grow that program. Um, and so now we have an entire staff um, that, that goes out to all of our audited, audited accounts. We sit in on audits. We do um, quarterly uh, building and business assessments with, with our food partners. Um, and so, you know, that helped develop that part in QA. Then um, a few years after that, uh, took over uh, for about three years the commercial operations division. Actually, ran that part okay. of it, um, and so all the daily uh, technicians that would go out and handle all of the commercial accounts oversaw that uh, the routing and and everything involved with running a division, um, and so. You know, through all of that experience and, and through all of those years with the company, um, you know, fast forward to, you know, today, um, had the opportunity to um, jump into the recruiting side of it. Um, and for me, it's kind of the a full circle. Um, to me, recruiting is is still sales. I'm selling the company to potential candidates that mm-hmm. that want to come yep. here and and, and want to be a part mm-hmm. of what we do. So you know, first and foremost, I, now I have to sell right. those opportunities because we're competing with every other company yep. that's out there looking for talent these days. Yep. Um, you know, so part of it is to tell this story, to talk about how we do what we do and what makes us different. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, you're right. It is a pro- you're selling a product. The product just happens to be the company that you're working for, right? So I guess part of that is you have to have a good product to sell, right? Because otherwise it's hard to, to do that. And I think also you're for someone that it's, it's interesting, you're, you're employed by that product that you're trying to sell to others to come join you. So you must have, you, you kind of have to have a good feel for the right. place you work and feel like you would want genuinely someone you're, you know, Hey, you could do well here. You would, this is a good fit for you and you're not BSing them. Right. Cause I think that would, that would come through. Um, is it a different? Is it a? It's a different kind of sale. But um, did you? What do you see as the differences in a sale? Like if you're selling an insurance product, you're selling residential or commercial pest, or you're selling the job to do such. Is it similar? Do you take a similar sales approach? I'm just curious of the X's and O's there. 
Well, I mean, I think anytime you're dealing with sales, I mean, you're you're selling a product or a service to somebody. Yep. Um, and so, you know, the opportunities that, that I'm, you know, presenting to to candidates that, that want to come to work here, it's the same thing. It's, it's, it's really still a personal transaction. Um, you know, so a lot of, of how I would approach a sale or a prospective client in a sale, when I sit down and, and, and interview with a candidate and talk to them about the job and, and answer the questions that they have coming in, um, you know, before they ever get to their interview, I mean, I, I try to, you know, as I'm going through resumes and I'm having those conversations, I, I, I try to pull little pieces out of them mm-hmm. that I know will make them happy right, here right. And, and kind of, you know, relate to them and, and, and show them, you know, maybe in a different way that, I, that I'm sure other people aren't doing. Um, you know, and, you know, the competitive market that we're in, I mean, people can have three or four interviews in a day. So I want to do something the way we do it. Right. So that at the end of the day, when you're sitting back and going, okay, I had three interviews today, you know, which felt right, yep. what felt better. Yep. I want to try, I want to try from our perspective, yep. I want to try to make it feels like you're already a part of yep. us. Yeah, in marketing, we call it brand recall. And I mean, in psychology, it's one of the key things in, in neuroscience that they teach is, you know, you're trying to, your brain doesn't like to make memories because it's got a lot of things to do. So make it, force it to make a memory. And if someone can remember you, you are good, right? Because no matter through all the crap or the things that they have in their life, they're going to come back to that thing. So it sounds like to me what you're saying is you're looking for those pieces that you can say, Chris seems to really X, Y, and Z. I can relate X to this at ABC and Y to this at ABC. And I'm going to try to do that, which is very smart because it'll ease them thinking Wow, they really understand me, or I think I can fit in there. So that that's a very smart, uh, and I, it's I don't make it. It's not to me sounded manipulative. It's just it's true. Like if you're 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 trying to get to know someone on paper and relate it to how they would do in the job and the function. No, and you're exactly right. And and when you said you know in in your summary there that you know I make them feel like they fit in. You know, I'm, I'm when I'm looking at a potential candidate, I mean, everybody comes in through our applicant tracking right. system. The first thing I do is I see a resume. But then when I do my, you know, my five-minute, ten-minute interview with, you know, Chris, the candidate, hey, is there any questions you have about the job, you know, anything I can help you with, you know, that's my opportunity at that point for me to look and see, you know, we have a culture here and part of making a successful candidate a successful employee is is putting them in the piece of the business where, you know, their skill set but their but their aptitude as well where it best fits into the company culture. All companies have a culture. Right. Uh, some of them are good. Some of them aren't so good. But you got to, I think it's important, and it's a, an important part of the process for us anyway, to make sure that it's not just a skill set fit, but the candidate is, is a good culture fit yep. as well. Because if, if that person's a good culture fit, they're going to be happier. Right. And they're, they're, they're going and so will to you be, be then, in turn. Exactly. So yep. so it's a win-win for, for both of us. Yep. Where yeah. talk to me about where you stand with experience when you're looking at resumes. Let's let's look at you know because you're you're a different case your your company because you you do different things so like some of the trades might require a certain you know certification or certain thing like that. But if we're mm-hmm. you know we're talking about pest control and we're just looking here, um, 
do you are you hard and fast by requirements or would you prefer to just find somebody that has demonstrated a previous workability, uh, a competency, a responsibility? Um, basically, what I'm saying is not necessarily coming from the same industry. Someone comes to you, they didn't right. have pest control, but they're, you know, do you maybe if it's between one or two, maybe that takes into account. But do you exclude right off the bat or do you just try to be inclusive and look at the person as a whole and what they've done in the past? Well, for you know, great question, and, there, and there's a lot of different components to that question. So I'll, I'll Please, hopefully yes, remember. Sorry, <laughs> I'll, I'll hopefully <laughs> remember. Right, we can rephrase it. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. no, that, no, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, but it was it was a great question. But no, uh, sometimes, uh, oftentimes, the the one of the the best candidates is going to be somebody that doesn't necessarily come in with experience. Um, we find that people that have no experience don't run into the opportunity to tell you three weeks after they get here, well, this isn't the way I've done it before. Right. Or the, you know, where, where I used to work, we did it this way. If someone comes in with no experience, it's never a negative. Okay. Okay. Um, That's important because, for everybody to understand, you know, you know, right. just, yeah. Yep. Go ahead. Be, be, because, because then we get a trans, a, a, a chance, sorry, to teach you our ways, our methods, the whys and the ins and the outs of everything that we do. And that's what you're learning for the first time. So that now, you know, we don't have to break bad habits or, or old habits that you bring from somewhere else. So, you know, um, a candidate not having experience um, is not necessarily um, a, a negative factor. We never really, I, I, I can't, I can honestly say I we don't exclude anybody based off of a first look of a resume. Um, you know, they found something in themselves that, that led them to apply for our position. Um, every candidate that we have goes through a, a, an assessment. Okay. It's a really quick three to four minute assessment. Um, and everybody that works at ABC, even it, once we started this particular assessment piece, all of the current employees had to take it and we didn't move people around, mm -hmm. uh, you know, after the assessment and go, okay, well, you you know, your your numbers doesn't suggest that you're good at what you're doing. We're going to put you here. No, we 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 just the assessment is another tool in the toolbox. Um, so everybody gets that assessment and it tells us things that a resume can't tell us. Yeah. And it tells the interviewing and, and the hiring managers just a little bit more detail of what that, you know, person is like outside of work, what that person's like at work, and how how that person is is wired, if you will. Um, and they, so you they know, get that, I'm sorry, they get that assessment upon submitting the resume or only upon, on the next upon step? Upon submitting their okay. resume. Okay. Upon submitting their resume. All right. Um, and now, a lot of times, you know, people, um, for whatever reason, maybe it goes to their spam or their junk folder. They don't see it up front. But you don't have to complete it before you get an interview. You can get an interview before. Now, before we bring you on board, it will have to be completed. Right. right. Um, you know, but it's just another tool in the toolbox. Um, you know, so the resume is one piece. The phone conversation I'm going to have with a prospective candidate is another piece. The assessment is a third piece, and then that in-person interview with the, with the uh, the hiring team in each department. That's another piece, and you put it all together and. 
and and the hiring managers make their decision from there. But we're making a decision with a lot of input and a lot of data and a lot of time invested in making sure that it's a right fit, not just for us, but for but that for candidate as well. Right. Yeah. I like I like that because I, that that um, a lot of res- resumes can be all different, but you can standardize everybody by maybe what you're doing. You're asking them to fill these things out, and you're asking everybody to do that. So you can mm-hmm. you have a nice baseline based on a set of standardized questions or things, and you can get a easier way to compare candidates across based on those and then their own experiences. So that's that's a that's a nice strategy. Um, I think one of the you know in previous life marketing for pest control in these industries, one of the bigger challenges always was as a marketer or marketing and sales, you know, the demand is, might be there. You can capture it all day long. So like if a pest is an example, right? There's always going to be pests. And if you're in the right market and you're doing the right things, you're going to get phone calls and you're going to have business. Um, but if you want to continue to grow that business, you have to be able to meet the scale and you have to be able to staff it up in a way where you can meet that demand and be able to service them uh, on time. One of the challenges on top of that is that it could be a seasonal business. It is a seasonal business. And I guess it's more seasonal depending on where you live. Um, And in certain, like, so where we are in upstate New York, it's very cold in shoulder months and very warm in the summer. So you can see how that works. And staffing a seasonal business can be very complicated and complex. So um, just because you you might have a bigger need uh, or more demand, right? More trucks going out, things like that. So I'm wondering if you can maybe riff with me on that for a little bit and some of the challenges you've seen in that regard and how you look to uh, meet that. I know a lot of people's strategies is like we, we don't, we're not seasonal in our employees. Our goal is to keep them employed all year round and make sure there's work and, and X, Y, and Z. But I'm, I'm just curious to, to talk to you a little bit about that strategy and how you approach it from as a, in the position that you're in. Okay. Well, I now I I know when when I look back and you know when I first got here, we did perceive let's say November, December, January and February as the slow period. Slower months, um, relative, right. Slower months, right. right. Because, you know, obviously, the you know, a lot of your insects are going to slow down during the winter. Um, but what we found and what seems to have happened is when the insects slow down, the rodents pick up. Yeah, and so you know, pest problems are pest problems, no matter no matter what. Um, so it's really been you know kind of it, it's kind of a a misnomer anymore to to talk about the slow season because really from from our experience anyway here in North Texas, you know when when the temperatures drop, the rodents want to come in. Right, they want to come. They want to come into yeah. where you work. They want to come right. into where you live. Right, and people people don't want to see them anyway. Right, so you know the 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 old adage of the slow season or the downtime, if you will, has, has kind of, um, you know, taken a back seat. But it, it is it, it is more challenging sometimes during those during those months. And one of the things that we have uh, to our advantage is the different lines of services. Um, you know, so it could be that, you know, our pool maintenance or our, our grounds crews, um, you know, they go hang Christmas lights or mm-hmm. they can go be, you know, they can drive and, and, and learn and be part of an installation crew or, you know, I mean, because we have different business right, there's models. A re- I'm using the word repurpose. That's not what I mean. But there's a... Uh, 
uh, shift. Cross training. Right. Will, okay. or, yep. You know, yep. yeah. You know, so, so one of the things, you know, for us, you know, we have that advantage, but I mean, you know, for, for companies that would have less lines of business or maybe just be a single line of business company, um, you know, then the opportunity to, you know, have seasonal uh, work, if you will, would, would probably be a greater opportunity. But again, you can look at doing different things like putting up Christmas lights and taking them down. And, you know, that can get you through a slower period. Um, you know, one of the things we did this year is we found a local nursery that, that um, offered Christmas tree delivery to its customers. So our our lawn crews that maybe are doing a lot less, well, not maybe, they're doing a lot less right. lawn work. Right. We were able to team up with this local nursery chain and deliver their Christmas trees, take them from the nursery, put them to the customer's house, set them up in the house. You know, so you just, you find other ways to, you know, to, to keep those uh, seasonal employees, if you will, um, you know, keep them productive, yeah. keep them busy and, you know, support their families as well. Yeah. Uh, it, it's The Christmas lights thing has become a real thing. I, I mean, I keep seeing more and more of this. And even now, me for me on the residential as a consumer on that side, I see these companies um, uh, really pushing that. It makes a lot of sense, you know. Find something that 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 go into someone's house, right? You go into right. someone's house. The other one I see are the gar- uh, garbage bins. Those the those the, those sorts of things where the people will offer those cleaning services of of garbage bins, things like that. Um, yeah. A l- little bit about data and the use of data in this. I'm curious to hear about how you approach this. Um, where I'm going with that is, you know, if an employee, uh, maybe it's a technician going out on routes, um, you know, I've heard of strategies, you know, some some of these, some some places have routes that go all over the place and you have technicians driving all over the place, which leaves their day scattered and they're a little bit, you know, that could be a little um, deflating, if you will, to the tech just because they're dead. Whereas if, you, if you're super efficient and you're doing it right, um, air quotes, right, you have a very defined route in a very neighborhood that's very thought out and efficient that allows them to get more done. Presumably, if they're commissioned, they're making more money, they're they're happier. Um, but that requires an efficiency and, and a real deep look into what's going on. So I'm curious how, you know, if you're using that to devise everything and how you've seen that sort of data infrastructure change since you've been in the industry. Yeah, well, yeah, Um and you, you know, you touched on an important part there. You know, how how are the technicians paid? Um, you know, some companies will pay hourly. Some people pay, um, you know, production. So, you know, we we pay production. So obviously, if our guys are stuck, by, you know, behind the windshield all the time, um, they're 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 having less of an opportunity throughout their day um, to to work a job right. and, and make, a make pr- money, and make right. production base. Yeah. So, um, you know, we we do have um, a, an office team that's dedicated um, to making sure that the routes are condensed, to make sure that they're tight, um, and we minimize windshield time both for our commercial techs and our residential techs as much as possible. Um, we understand, like I said, if they're if they're not getting an hourly check, so they're not being paid to drive. So we try to um, make sure, and we look at those routes month over month. We set everything up um, quarterly, so the routes are you know set up you know quarterly. And 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 it's it's it allows for new customers coming in. There's there's room built in so that we can you know drop new yeah. customers in without yeah. causing a complete upheaval, you know. But there's just a lot of people behind the scenes that that work on they that. They really look at that and, stuff. Yep. And yeah. really have to look at it and stay on top of it because one of the things that you're that's going to cause turnover with your technicians is 
you know, to your point earlier, I'm stuck driving behind this all car over. all day long. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not, not stuck in traffic, not driving from job to job, yeah. and and you know, keeping them busy and 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 keeping them making that production pay. So, yep. uh, yeah. So there's a great deal of time and effort goes into scheduling and routing and uh, everything else, and it is something that, like I said, we focus on that every single day. Do, do you guys, there's a tactic that I've, that I've seen used a lot to success and that is, um, you know, internal sort of, uh, competitions, if you want to call them fun, little sales games or, or, or pro- maybe it's tied to production based on, on staff. Do you, do you do any of those sort of things in this, to incentivize work? I mean, I would imagine the work would have to be able to be not equal, but someone has to be, have, have the ability to produce and earn in a similar way in order for you to do that. But do you incentivize or push them in any different ways? Or is it just sort of like, here's your route, get it done. The more you get done, the more you get paid. Is it, is it a little bit of both? No, I mean, we've, uh, over the last few years, we've, we've, we've kind of a, adopted um, the fact that everybody that puts on a uniform, you know, whether they're in the office or whether they're, uh, you know, cleaning a pool or, you know, um, doing a HVAC work, everyone is a, is, is a potential salesman. They're in front of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've developed an internal program. Um, we call it, oh, by the way. Um, <laughs> and we train, we, we train all of our technicians, regardless of the line of service that they're in. But I mean, if Chris, if somebody were to come into your your house and taking care of your pool, but that, you know, your air condition kicked on and it made a noise, you know, while that pool tech is not going to be able to diagnose your air conditioner, he does at least know enough to say, you know, hey, Chris, I was out there. I heard your compressor kick in. You know, it, it kind of made a strange noise. Would you like for one of our guys to, you know, come out and take a look at that for you? Um, like, you oh, know, by the it, way, did you know we also can take oh, care of that Oh, by the way, you? exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Smart. so everybody is, is, is trained up to the point where, again, we're not trying to make them you know, technical experts in every field. We're trying to give them enough um, information to make them comfortable to have the conversation. And then, so if they make that sale, they can be compensated from a sales standpoint. But if they're not comfortable enough to have that uh, conversation that, that leads to a sale, uh, if they want to just call that into the office and say, hey, I was at Chris's house, d- discovered there's an AC mm-hmm. problem, he would like somebody to come out. We call that a lead generation. Yeah. And so they, so if you you keep the appointment to have you know the HVAC person come out, then that technician is, is going to get uh, uh, paid for a lead. I see. Um, you know, so you know, there's there's different there's ways, different to, ways to incentivize them, and, and not just in the job that they're actually doing at my house that time with the a, pool. Right? Exactly. And then, of course, every month we have the top lead producers. Then they get an extra bonus on top of that for you know so we 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 reward the top three um, folks that generate leads every month. So, you know, there, there's other ways and other opportunities to, to supplement their income as well. And it's it's really been a, a well-adopted, you know, well-rolled-out program, and the technicians have uh, embraced it. So um, it's been a good thing. That, that's that's smart. Yeah, I mean, well, in your business model, too, you have that ability to always be looking for that extra extra thing, which is, which is right. again, is nice about the business model. Um, just a couple more things before we, we close the episode. Um Maybe it's a little different in your business. You're a bit bigger than maybe some that would be listening. Um, I've talked to owners about this concept of 
always looking really, right? So I'm always willing to talk and to look at a resume of a potential employee because <clears throat> I'm going to need one at some point and a little more proactive, if you will. So we're, you know, are you hiring? Well, we're, we're always looking, right? And uh, we're willing to look um, as opposed to this reactive measure where it's, you know, we're down three, I need to fill these roles. So now I'm out looking. Do you see uh, value in that strategy of always looking? Maybe not necessarily you're, you want to hire at the moment, but you're always willing to take things in. Um, I'm just wondering a little bit about your thoughts on that. Again, I know it's a little different when you have a bigger company with a lot of different services, but you know, if someone listening to this is debating, should I get ahead of it? You know, because I feel like I might get some. What, what do you What do you think about that idea? No, I, I think if you're not always looking, I think you're missing a lot of great opportunities to pull talent in. Um, you know. Uh, I know just me personally, I mean, if I'm out and somebody provides, you know, above and beyond uh, customer service, I mean, I'm I'm never without business cards in my pocket. Right. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not bashful and say, hey, I really appreciate what you did for me today. You went above and beyond, in my opinion, here. If you're ever, you know, looking to do something different or, or you know, uh, your situation uh, changes, hey, please give me a call uh, or go online here and fill this out. Um you know, and the other thing is, you know, with with our uh, applicant tracking system, you know, if you don't make it through the hiring, you know, rotation now, I still have your information. Right. Correct. And, right. you know, I mean, I may have three jobs and, and 60 applicants. I've probably got another 15 or 20 applicants that on any given day could be a great employee here. So I'm always going back and, and farming through and looking at previous applicants. And, and like, you know, right now we're gearing up for the quote unquote busy season. So I know how many more people mm -hmm. we need to grow by. So I'm going back through almost on a daily basis, depending on departmental fluctuations. And I'm looking for people, you know, in, already in our system, I already have a resume. And quite honestly, sometimes we've already had a phone conversation so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going back and looking through that. So, you know, don't forget past applicants, um, you know, keep them present. That's a pipeline for you. Um, and, you know, so that's one alternative. Um, but one of the things, and, and I, I, I've spoken at a couple of conventions, and I realize not every company is, is as large as ABC, but um, a lot of the, the local, uh, a lot of your uh, local workforces, depending on what, uh, you know, regardless of what state you're in, uh, your workforce uh, uh, locations offer the opportunity a lot of times to go in and do job fairs dedicated to just your company. They're going to have veteran uh, recruiters. Mm -hmm. They're, they're going to have a list of veterans coming out of active service. They're going to have a list of veterans that have been out and are looking for a work. You know, network and build those relationships. Um, you know, not everything you do looking for talent has to cost a lot of money. Um, is that, is that a strong piece of ABC with veterans? I'm just curious. Is that something you guys look to? Uh, no, it's, it's, it's definitely a strong piece. And yeah. I think for people in this industry, um, you know, if they haven't made the connection there, um, you know, if you think about a lot of the things that our veterans have to do in their day-to-day -day service. They don't have a desk job. They don't have right. a manager directly supervising them. There's a great deal of autonomy with a lot of the things that happen in the military. They're they're highly trained, but they're out there performing, right. not necessarily with a great deal of supervision. So in the service industries, whether it's pest control, HVAC, plumbing, regardless of what it is, that military mindset and the way that military people 
are self-starters and self-motivators, they're a great fit for service industries. So yeah, to your point, Chris, uh, I'm in touch with my uh, Dallas-Fort Worth uh, military liaisons at our workforce offices pretty much on a monthly basis. Really? Um, just talking oh, like who's coming like, and just seeing what's yeah, available. They yeah, check. I mean, and, and, and they have free job boards. Um, so again, for maybe some, some yeah. folks that are at smaller companies looking at this, um, you know, you get teamed up with your local workforce. Their job boards are usually free to post. In our case here in, in, in uh, Texas, the first 48 hours, those job uh, postings, the new ones are dedicated strictly to veterans uh, for the first 48 hours. So if you are interested in veteran employees, that's a great way to, to get them. Um, but again, those those workforce centers do offer a lot of services free of charge that you know employers can take advantage of. And as big as ABC is, I take full advantage of everything that I can go do uh, that doesn't necessarily cost us, you know, out of our budget every month to go do something. So, yeah, and that's it's smart. I mean, I've heard about that. And I know there's a strong representation and, you know, um, Zach, who Zach Dilla, who I work with at Field Routes, we, we, we talked about this, too, as it, it is there is a lot of. You're right. Like it's a very similar, similar, you know, similar in the structure. Obviously, what they're doing yes. is obviously different, but it's similar in that structure. It's not like coming into a desk and just sitting there all day and doing that. That is not. This is all. This is a skill. You're being trained. You're being out. You're going out. Um, there's an element of respect involved because you're interacting with humans and you have to talk to people, right? So the, there, there's that, which is you know one of the things about the uh, armed this armed services is that level of respect. So it makes a lot of sense that 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 could be a good fit. Um, as we close here. You know, I'm, uh, if I'm listening to the show and I'm and I'm sitting here and I own a business in the industry, whether it's pest or lawn or something, and I'm saying to myself, man, I just I continue to struggle with recruiting. You know, I try and I'm trying, I'm trying. Do you have any other tidbits, maybe, or things that maybe would be like a something that you might offer uh, to to anyone out there that's looking to change it up or try something different or hear something else? Is there anything else that you could think of that might be beneficial? Something that you heard or something that you've tried? Yeah, well, I mean, I, again, I know going, there's no magic get, bullet, but just you know, you know, just <laughs> just some just some other strategies. Well, well no, I, you're right. I mean, there is no magic bullet, and you know, but one of the things that I would say is, you know. Uh, you know, don't just focus on the stuff that, that you know, you can go out and, and pay for with, with, you know, online and, and, and uh, soak up, you know, a lot of money in advertising budgets. Um, we, we strike up relationships with our local uh, independent school districts. Not every kid that's graduating high school this year is going to go to college. Yep. Not every kid's going to go volunteer to be in the military. So there's a lot of entry-level positions, you know, within our industries that people coming out of high schools can do. So a lot of your high schools will offer, again, free career fairs, you know, job placement services. Get to know those high school career coaches and counselors. Get your name out there. Go visit. Take advantage of anything they have to do on campus. Same thing with the junior colleges and local uh, trade schools in the area. We've partnered with numerous uh, trade schools uh, in in the North Texas area. Um, As they graduate HVAC um, students or plumbing students, um, you know, we, we go visit them. We go talk to them. And again, none of this is really costing us a, a dime. It's costing us a little bit of our time, uh, but it's certainly an investment that's worth making. It's it's investments that if a lot of other people haven't thought about doing it or don't realize that that resource is there, you know, these, these career counselors at high schools and colleges, they've got to get people employed as well. So, you know, 
get out there, get your name out there, um, attend job fairs. Uh, you know, most of these places will do stuff that you can just show up to. There's no charge other than your time. And it's kind of networking, yep. um, which from, again, from the old sales guy in me, networking and people knowing who you are and where you are. Pound on the pavement. Those old sales tactics—they still work. Yep. They are still, they still do they never still work. don't look past them. Uh, Adam, right. I really want to thank you for for taking the time and talking to me and talking to all of us that are listening out there. Um, and I hope everybody learned something from from your you know what you offered, which is very insightful for someone that's done it. Um, so I just again I appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Um, so I want to again thank Adam Creed from ABC for joining us today. Uh, and just remind everyone out there that's listening, um, if you want more information about the show, you can go to BeFieldFamous.com. Tell your friends. You can subscribe or follow is the word now on Apple Podcasts. And remember, your success is fame worthy. Thanks a lot. Have a good day. I appreciate the time.